bet the game. Sounds crazy, Frank. <laughs> Maybe just crazy enough to work. Sports betting within Oregon Lee. Powered by Sports Radio 750, The Game, Portland's most listened to sports station. You probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Now, here are your hosts, Judah Newby and Zach Schlegel. The game is going bowling on a holiday season. What is up, everyone? Welcome back in. Bet the game here on 750 The Game and 750thegame.com. He is Zach Schlegel. I'm Chew Danubi. It's that time of year, Zach. Only one thing to do, and that's college football bowl games. You're right there, Judah. You are absolutely correct. Happy holidays to you. Happy yeah. holidays to everyone listening. It's um, How's that Christmas shopping going? Eh, like every year, it's so-so. <laughs> it's just so difficult nowadays to figure out what people want, and especially right. your mom, you know? Yeah, I know. Mom, you know, you want to bless her with the right gift, but you don't want to right. overthink it. You want to make sure something she can use. But, totally. you know, Mom, she'll always be like, oh, thanks so much oh, for Oh, always. Of me. You can get yeah. her a toothpick. She'll be like, oh, yeah. thank you. I need to clean my teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mom, I got that for you because of a small parlay last week. <laughs> I just killed it. That's how I got you that toothpick. <laughs> A lot of games to talk about. Of course, we'll rip through them as quickly as possible, including the college football playoff and a bunch of New Year's Six and intriguing matchups across the country. But let's get right after it mm-hmm. uh, with some of these games. And every week we start with the uh, Pac-12 games or the games of Oregon Ducks and Oregon State Beavers. Beavers didn't make a bowl, so let's start with the Ducks going into the Rose Bowl to take on Wisconsin. It should be a good matchup at the very least. I'm not sure how offensively exciting it will be um you know for for all intents and purposes there'll probably be about 65 percent run plays in this game yeah a lot of stuff between the tackles the line opened wisconsin minus three and uh, the total at 49 and a half it's pretty much stuck there some places have two and a half or minus three even money so a touch of money on the Ducks, but the line is stuck right there. Money on the over as well to get the total up a few points, up to about 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these lines haven't they haven't moved too much from what I've seen. So I feel like these lines are pretty sharp. They're pretty on point. Uh, and looking at this minus two and a half, I mean, anytime you can get under a field goal, I think it's pretty juicy. People want to kind of lay that type of number clearly. And with the Ducks here at even money getting two and a half, um, it doesn't look as good. But At the end of the day, man, Oregon, they went into that Pac-12 championship game and they showed what kind of football they can play when they're at the top of their game. And we saw a little bit of that in the Auburn game in the opener. And unfortunately, we didn't really see that kind of performance um, up until the Pac-12 title game again. The USC game, of course, I mean, they went crazy, but that was more, I mean, they were airing it out, making plays. Uh, in the passing game as well, you know, in the Pac-12 title game, it was a lot of run, run, run. So we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of Jonathan Taylor. The big question, again, is can Oregon's defense limit Jonathan Taylor? And can they force Jack Cohen to go ahead and win the game? Because I think if you can do that, I think Oregon is going to be able to successfully shut down the Wisconsin offense that way. But again, it starts with Jonathan Taylor, and it starts with the Oregon defensive line. You know, we saw Ohio State do a great job of limiting Jonathan Taylor and limit the run. Does Oregon have the same dudes up front that Ohio State does to stop the run? No, Mm -hmm. but do they have the ability at least on a team rush defense level to slow him down? You've seen the Ducks all year. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, clearly uh, there's no Chase Young there, um, but I loved what I saw from Brady Breeze. Oh, man. I mean, that guy was flying around. He looked like a Troy Polamalu out there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I like the way this Oregon defense has, you know, especially how they came together in that Pac-12 title game. I think they ride the momentum. I think they're going to be up for the challenge here. And I think they're extremely excited about this recruiting class that's coming in as well and the future of this Oregon program. And Mario Cristobal, you know, he's really just changed the culture and the identity of this football team. It's a very, very physical football team that matches up well with the Wisconsin and in years past uh, it, that really wasn't the case in the Chip Kelly game back in 2012 um, Oregon really used a lot of that finesse and that speed and it worked because it was so new but now you just can't do that now it's going to be power against power um, looking at the total Judah um, I, I think I got to I got to look at the under uh, that's mm-hmm. my first thought just because a lot of runs in this game I think um I think we're going to see a lot, you know, obviously we're going to see a lot of Jonathan Taylor, but you got to see a lot of C.J. Verdell as well. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to want to have a big game to close out his career here in the Rose Bowl. It's a big moment for everyone, but I think you got to put it in the hands of Verdell and uh, Habibi Likio. Last two bowl games for the Oregon offense, if you remember, of course, the Red Box Bowl, just the one touchdown, and uh, the Las Vegas Bowl before that, you had 38-28 to mm. Boise State, but there mm. were two non-offensive touchdowns in that game for the Ducks. Wow. Um, yeah. So the offense, I only mean to say it's it's not been great under Marcus Arroyo in the last two bowl games. So to your point, maybe the under is the best play there. Um, an intriguing one as well, Washington and Boise State. Chris Peterson has to face his former team mm-hmm. in the last game of his collegiate football coaching career in the Vegas Bowl. 4.30 on ABC, and that's going to be this Saturday, December the 21st. Uh, right now, the line opened UW minus three with a total of 49.5, and, and a little bit of money on the Huskies to get it to 3.5 for UW, and the total sting put right there around 50. Yeah, very interesting game, very intriguing game. You know that when they were putting these bowl matchups together, they were <laughs> getting pretty excited about this one. This is perfect matchup. It's exactly what everyone wants to see. Chris Peterson, farewell tour right here. And Boise State, let's look at their side real quick. Uh, beginning of the season when they played Florida State, Hank Bachmeyer, he looked like one of those guys that would emerge as, you know, one of the, the better quarterbacks in college football. He still has time to do just that. But now, in the past few weeks, it's been Jalen Henderson, the dual threat guy. Uh, he's led the charge last four weeks, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's a senior um, and he's been using his legs a lot to extend plays. I like what they've been able to do on offense with him. The Washington secondary will be busy, um, but they're very good, as we know, um, allowing 225 passing yards per game. That's second in the Pac-12. You got guys like Miles Bryant, uh, Elijah Molden, combining for 136 tackles, five picks on the year. So I think the big the big matchup here is going to be that Washington secondary, that Washington defense in general, uh, trying to, again, limit the dual threat ability of Jalen Henderson because not a lot of people have seen this guy in college football. There's not a lot of tape on him, um, and he is a senior, so he's a guy that's a veteran. He's been around, and he I think he's going to shine in this type of game, in this type of environment. Uh, let's look at Boise State. The last time, I guess the last four times they've played in Vegas in a bowl game, 4-0. and This is the fifth time that Boise State's played in a Vegas bowl game, and they're undefeated, so... Uh, they like to keep that. They'd obviously like to keep that going. Washington five and two against the spread in their last seven games versus Mountain West teams. So 
Obviously, that bodes well for them. But Chris Peterson's only one in four in bowl games at Washington. So, you know, he'd love to end that with a victory. Uh, I think this is just a very, very close football game. The three, three and a half number is right on point. I have to lean with taking Boise State in the points, though, because I really do think this comes down to a final possession uh, in the football game. Then we'll go post-Christmas for another Pac-12 team. By the way, did you see how bad USC's recruiting Ooh, I know. Was on signing day. So I, I have a I have a friend of mine down in Southern California, big Trojan fan. He's a big Trojan fan. And Matt, he's, Matt Liner. Matt, he's actually, his name is Matt. Unbelievable. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I knew it. Because I, I shared with him that Matt Liner tweet, and I was like, you hate to see it. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, man, like, I just, all these USC fans need to calm down. We're fine, blah, blah, Ooh. blah, all this. And I'm like... Okay, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, Oregon—that—that's that's so huge. I mean, that game against USC was so big for recruiting for Oregon, and they have really like just taken the whole state of California by storm now. They really have. It's really impressive. Now, meanwhile, USC losing all this homegrown talent, as it were. They still played pretty well down the stretch of this mm-hmm. season. I think uh, Clay Hilton stabilized what could have been. Definitely a year where he lost his job, and ultimately he won it back. 22nd ranked team in the country, USC, taking on 16th ranked Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, 5 o'clock on FS1. This is traditionally Pac-12 versus the Big Ten. And uh, you look at the uh, betting line on this game. Whoops. Where was it? Looks like two right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It opened uh, Iowa minus 2.5 with a total at 52. And, yeah, right now it's about two, most everywhere. And the total stayed put at 52. What do you make of the the lean or the side here of Iowa-USC? Well, you got two different offensive game plans here. You got Iowa, who's going to want to uh, run the football. Nate Stanley, he's a senior quarterback. You got to trust a senior in a bowl game. And, and I think I usually lean to that experience um, in these types of games, and we know how tough Iowa is, right? They beat Minnesota. Um, they're a very good football team, very well-coached team. USC, they want to throw the football. They just want to gun that thing. They want to get it down the field, and they want to do it in a hurry. And Slovis has been a huge success for USC this season, over 3,000 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, only nine picks. The problem is USC doesn't have a running game. You know, I mean, they, they, was it Vave? Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but that dude, he's only got 466 yards rushing this season, only six touchdowns. That's their top rusher. So the thing is, if Iowa is able to shut down Slovis, USC can't really do much on the ground. Iowa's a top 25 rushing defense. USC is a bottom 25 rushing offense. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, point blank, Judah, Michael Pittman Jr. is going to have to have a very big game. Right in this one, um, he missed the Blitnikoff Award this season. Uh, I think he's going to be out here to make a statement in this one. He's surpassed a hundred yards receiving the last three games. He's got twelve hundred yards receiving on the year. Um, Iowa's ranked tenth in pass defense. They only allow one hundred eighty-four per game, one hundred eighty-four yards per game. Um, and but the thing is, Iowa doesn't put up a lot of points, so that's the biggest matchup to me. It's really the USC passing offense and Michael Pittman Jr. against Iowa's defense, and can USC find success, and or will Iowa be able to shut that down? Because if they are, USC can't run the football, and it could get ugly. You have uh, a uh, particular conviction? I, you know, I, I think I really think that USC will do it. Um, I think I'm going to take the points with USC, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that 
we, we just mentioned the recruiting. I think USC is out to make a statement in this game. They're out for blood. They're mad about the recruiting situation. And I think the players are really going to rally around um, Clay Helton. And I think they like him. I think they respect Clay Helton. Maybe the fans don't as much. Maybe they, they want a different guy in there, Urban Meyer. But, you know, Clay Helton, I think he's the man for the job right now. I think the players trust him. They respect him. And I think USC will come out and make a statement. Another Pac-12 team in action on December 31st in the Alamo Bowl. What a year it's been for Utah. They lost to USC on the road on a Friday night. Won every game besides that until they got to the Pac-12 title game when a healthy Utah team, at least on offense, got punched in the mouth by the Ducks and the Oregon rushing attack. And ultimately, Oregon, as a touchdown underdog, blew out Utah at their own game, which was surprising to see. Now you got the Alamo Bowl matchup between the Utes and the Longhorns. And uh, right now, uh, Utah opened a six-and-a-half point favorite over Texas and has since jumped up to seven. So Utah laying seven with a total uh, sitting here. Well, man, I lost that total. Where did it go? I think it opened 53-and-a-half. I think it's gone up a little bit there. I'm seeing 55. Yeah, it's at 55. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it opened 53 and a half and has jumped up a couple points to 55 for Utah and Texas. But Utah, again, favored by a touchdown in this game. Is there mm-hmm. any chance the Longhorns can do what Oregon did and uh, and beat Utah? Probably not at their own game stylistically. Yeah, but yeah. Is there any live dog potential with Texas here? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely live dog potential with Texas. And, you know, you look at what they did last year to Georgia – um, Sam Etlinger is still the quarterback there, and you know it's. Uh, and oh, Tom, is he back? And, and <laughs> is Texas? We're back. Well, they weren't quite back, Longhorn Nation, and that's okay. It's okay. You know, guys will get there one day. But um, Tom Herman's is still a really great coach, and yeah, they're a live dog, of course. Now, an interesting thing here, Judah, the William Hill Sportsbook in Vegas. I was looking at the numbers here, the percentage of tickets and the percentage of money coming in on these football games, and. Uh, in this game in particular, it looks like 67% of the tickets were on Utah minus 7, and 71% of the money is also backing Utah minus 7. I looked into it a little bit, and here's the deal. Texas has been battling injuries all year. They got 12 players questionable for this Alamo Bowl. That's not good. And wide receiver Colin Johnson, I, I love this guy, but he's been nursing a hamstring injury, and he's projected to play, but you know, will he really be on his A game? I'm not sure, and going against you know a really, really talented secondary in Utah, it's going to be very, very tough for him. Now, my question about Utah is, have they been overrated all year? I think a lot of people started to ask that question because of the fact that they haven't beaten a top 25 team, and then they just go get trounced by Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. So I don't know, like I don't even know what we're getting out of Utah after seeing that game. And then with Texas, it's more of a motivational question. It's like, well, are the how motivated are they to be playing in the Alamo Bowl? And I guess same with Utah too. Like how motivated are they when they were just a game away from a you know potential college football playoff berth? Um, definitely a Rose Bowl had they won. So this is a tricky game. I think Texas is a live dog, but I I, I think that Utah is going to come out here, and I think they're the more motivated team in this game. I think that they have the better team overall. They definitely have the better defense. Um, They're allowing just 13.2 points per game. Just forget that Oregon game, right? 
And Texas, on the other hand, put up 49 in their finale against Texas Tech. But if you look at their previous four games, they never scored more than 27. So I think Texas's offense struggles. I think Utah bounces back after that embarrassing performance in the Pac-12 title game. And I think Utah gets the cover. But I also like under 55. Play the under. All right, I like that. All right, um, in the Cotton Bowl, very good game. Memphis and Penn State, Saturday, December the 28th, as we transition out of Pac-12 teams and go to some intriguing uh, matchups outside of the New Year's Six. Uh, Penn State had a very good year, of course, just two losses on their schedule. The only uh, blip for Memphis this year must have been a loss to Cincinnati, if I remember right. Mm, Did they yeah. lose in the uh, conference title game? to the Bearcats. Oh, no, I take it back. They lost at Temple. That oh, was their Temple, only game. Okay. They won the conference title game. Um, so, But that was interesting. They had to play Cincinnati back-to-back weeks in the yeah. regular season finale and the conference title, which was weird. Yeah. But anyway, Memphis-Penn State right now. Uh, Penn State opened a 7.5-point favorite. Money in on Memphis since that point. It's now Penn State minus 6.5 in most places with a total that's ticking a touchdown, it opened 61.5 and, and is now down to 60.5. What do you make of this line, Penn State and Memphis? It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, Mike Norvell leaves Memphis for Florida State. He won't coach in the game, and you know Memphis fans had something to say about that, of course. So my question is, how does this affect the mentality of the team for Memphis? Um, Norvell was 0-3 in bowl games at Memphis. Memphis 1-6 in their last seven bowl game appearances. So that's not very good. And so begins the Ryan Silverfield era in Memphis. And I honestly, Jude, I don't know much about Ryan Silverfield. No, has a nice ring to it. Never heard the guy, honestly, but um, it's neither here nor there. A group of five teams are three and two so far in New Year's six games. So, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen some group of five teams get some big wins. You know, UCF is one of them. Uh, Penn State, two and three in bowl games under Franklin. But all five games, bowl games, that is, for Penn State, were decided by seven points or less. So this is this smells to me like a, a pretty close game overall. You got Brady White versus Sean Clifford. White, you know, the more experienced quarterback. Sean Clifford, kind of the up-and-coming guy. You got two very exciting uh, offensive weapons, DeMonte Coxie. For Memphis, K.J. Hamler for Penn State, big play threat. So, you know, question is who has the bigger game here? And Penn State, we know they have a great defense, and this is the best defense that Memphis has faced. So how will Memphis handle the nation's seventh-best defense and a very strong pass rush? Uh, Memphis also has one of the worst red zone defenses. They give up 91%. Or not sorry, ninety-one percent of the time they give up points when opponents get into the red zone. Um, so I think Penn State has the edge here, especially given the fact that Memphis will be without their head coach that led them all year, and I, I like him as a coach overall. Uh, given the track record of Memphis in their bowl games, that also kind of helps uh, with me siding on Penn State in this game. Uh, and I think just Penn State, look at look at their schedule. They've just played better competition. I think they're the better, uh, more talented team. I trust Franklin in this situation. Um, Brady White will need to have a very, very big game for Memphis for them to have a chance to win this game. I mean, I can see it. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to lean Penn State minus the points. 
On New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl, a good matchup, Minnesota and Auburn. Big 10 against the SEC. The line opened, Auburn minus 8, total at 49. Money on the over, most significantly, getting up to 53 or 52.5 in most places. And some money on the Golden Gophers to cover here because Auburn is now down to 7.5 or 7 as a touchdown favorite between the Tigers and Golden Gophers. Yeah, Auburn, that that great defensive line. I mean, this will be this will be a really cool matchup to watch. Uh, we'll really see what kind of football team Minnesota is because you know we saw Oregon against Auburn. We've seen Auburn. I mean, they went ahead and uh, I mean won some big games this year, and the only three losses they had were against very quality opponents. So we know this Auburn team is talented. Uh, we know Minnesota's looking to row the boat here and. They got some great weapons at wide receiver. A couple of potential first, second rounders of Bateman. I think the other guy Johnson, his mm-hmm. name. Um, so I, I want to see how Auburn's secondary does against those guys, and, and I want to see if Minnesota's offensive line can hold up against the Auburn uh, pass rush. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think I'm gonna side with Minnesota in this game. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a one score game uh, when it's all said and done. I, Bo Nix hasn't impressed me. You know, I mean, people talk a lot about his potential, and yeah, he's got some potential. We've seen flashes, but he's been very rocky. He's been kind of up and down. Uh, and I just think Minnesota is going to be up for this moment. I think this is a very uh, huge opportunity for their program once again to get a statement victory against a quality SEC opponent, and I see Minnesota keeping this within a touchdown. What do you make of the other Big Ten SEC uh, crossover showdown here. It's Michigan and Alabama in the Citrus Bowl on January 1st, 10 a.m. Pacific on ABC. The line opened Bama minus seven with a total of 54 and a half. And then all the money in on the over up five whole points to 59 and a half. Wow. But it's not really going anywhere off the spread. It's still Bama minus seven. They got all their offensive weapons. Judy said he's going to play in this game. You know, so it should be just about full strength. Yeah. uh, Sans Tua for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, assuming Alabama's at full strength besides Tua, (laughs) I mean, Alabama is the way to go in this game. I'm very surprised. I'm surprised that this this number is ticking up. I mean, when you first look at it, you'd think Michigan, Alabama. I mean, this is a very, this is a slugfest, right? It's in the trenches game. But Alabama's defense, I'm not that great, really. I mean, think about it. They've got some banged up guys, too. Yeah. Even the depth they have isn't isn't what it's been in the years past. And you know, can Shea Patter can Shea Patterson have the game of his life? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But all I know, Judah, is I look at where the money's coming. Ninety-one percent of tickets on Alabama minus seven. Eighty-eight percent of the money. So why sometimes, is it, why isn't the number moving? That's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe we'll see it late. Maybe we'll see it start moving late. I mean, again, that's only at one sports book. That's William Hill, but it's sure. a big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that to me, I mean, that really says that says a lot. It's not that like, oh, eighty-one percent of the money's on Bama. You got to take them. A lot of times, I mean, as we know, when you look at that, it means that the books need Michigan. Like, I mean, they are huge Michigan fans because there's going to be a ton of li- a liability on Alabama in this game. But I'm going to ride with Alabama. I think. I think. Uh, I think this team feels disrespected and I know the motivation factor like oh we're in the citrus bowl and blah 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 but I think Alabama 
and Nick Saban is they're going to get this team focused and I think in this game in particular against Michigan a team that I really have never seen step up in a big situation since Jim Harbaugh has been there (laughs) I just don't think they do it so I think Alabama minus seven seven and a half minus eight that's the way to go late and again on the nightcap on New Year's Georgia Baylor in the Sugar Bowl fifth ranked Bulldogs and the seventh ranked Bears 545 this one will be following right after Oregon Wisconsin uh, significant favorites are the Georgia Bulldogs, despite getting trounced in the SEC title game. Uh, I don't know what Baylor's quarterback health situation is. I know that they had a their quarterback hurt in the Big 12 title game when mm-hmm. they lost to Oklahoma. Uh, Georgia opened an eight-and-a-half-point betting favorite. Money on Baylor since that point, another uh, point-and-a-half coming down. So it's now Georgia minus seven uh, with the normal 10 juice, some places even money. And the total is pretty tiny, man. 42 and a half oh. it opened, and it's since ticked down to 41 most places. 41 for a total, Georgia minus seven. Yeah, a lot a lot of Georgia games this season have gone under the total. Uh, most games I've seen with Georgia on the board, it's been low 40s in the total. Uh, you know, Jake Fromm and company and, and Swift, you know, they like to run the football. They're very slow. They're methodical. They don't like to rush down the field like that. And Swift... Um, so Swift is declaring for the draft. I believe he's playing. Yeah. Um, this is the type of game you're just going to have to look into who's playing, who isn't playing, look into the injuries, especially with Baylor and their quarterback situation. That's a big one. I, I like Matt Rule as a coach, and he's been covering a lot as an underdog, so I, I tend to want to lean on Baylor in this game, and it's it's so reminiscent of, well, you know, obviously last year with Texas, you got a Big 12 team against Georgia. Uh, yet again here, and we know Georgia blew it last year. So will they blow it again? Um, probably not. I think Georgia wins the football game, but at seven and a half, at getting more than a touchdown with Baylor, it's it's intriguing to take the Baylor Bears here in this one. Uh, the total being so low, geez, I don't know, Judah. This is I'm kind of stumped on this game. I'll be honest with you. Do you? What do you think? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, you look at stuff like field conditions and weather mm-hmm. when you have to make a um, a consideration. The fact that it's indoors, you know, and, yeah, and should be uh, offensive friendly. This tells me that Baylor must be without their starting quarterback. Yeah, um, that they've had because. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so big. But a lot of respect for Georgia's defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, golly, I think with all this time to prepare, I think I'd have to take Baylor as a side. Yeah, I think but, so. But um, I think mm-hmm. still Georgia to win is probably fair. But Baylor, I think, is the right side in this game. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make up. The, it's so low of a total that <laughs> yeah. it makes me wonder if this can't be another, what, 17-14 type of Baylor win. And they've won mm-hmm. by that score before, you know. Like, some, I know they've they've got some points they've won a lot but hey they beat texas 24 10 mm-hmm. right they beat tcu 29 23 so that's what that's right around 52 total points they beat west virginia 17 14 oh yeah right mm-hmm. i so they're rice 21 13 uh iowa state 23 21 yeah very so low, low yeah low 20s games and they're used to uh winning they're comfortable in those scenarios so mm-hmm. um this is not the baylor offenses of of perceptions past, if you will. Totally. So I'd still think Baylor's the right side, but it could be like like a 16-13, 17-14 type of game. Oh, Either ugly, way. ugly. But yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I'll lean with you on Baylor plus the points. Okay. Um, college football playoff then, that's what it takes us to basically. Yeah. Man, uh, ripping through these. LSU and Oklahoma. We saw the uh, suspensions announced for Oklahoma, so they're going to be down uh, a few key guys 
one o'clock on the uh, Saturday, December 28th, Oklahoma LSU in the Peach Bowl, which is the first semifinal in the college football playoff. This has been all LSU the whole way. The line opened Tigers laying 11. Since then, money still on the Tigers. LSU now minus 13 and a half. The total has opened and is resting comfortably right now at 76. Look at that total. Gee, this is going to be an exciting I mean, I hope hopefully it's an exciting game, but I mean LSU, they've just been on a tear and Joe Burrow is the clear cut Heisman winner and he has been for so long. He's I mean, we pretty much knew this guy was going to win the Heisman three, four weeks ago. 14 points. I mean, th- this uh, this actually looks exactly like last year with Bama in Oklahoma, right? Mm. Very, very similar. I think the line almost is exactly the same. The total is right there. So I think it plays out very similarly. I think LSU jumps out to a big lead. I think they're covering, and it looks really good. And then I think Oklahoma kind of climbs back. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I love this guy's work ethic. I've said it time and time again. But I just don't think they have the talent to keep up with LSU. And I honestly don't really give them a shot to win this football game, especially with the uh, the injuries or sorry the suspensions you're talking about. Um, you know, thanks for coming to play Oklahoma, but you know, LSU's going to the national title game and 75 and a half. I mean, that's so, so unbelievably high, but sometimes when it's a total that high, it actually hits. So, I mean, this really could be a game where you see LSU get into the forties, Oklahoma into the thirties. And it just as a matter of, you know, will Oklahoma get into the high thirties or not, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know I, that I, I don't think I can play that that spread 14 is just way too much I uh, probably won't have a play on this game but I think LSU wins the game and the other one is Clemson taking on Ohio State what a great matchup this is going to be number two Ohio State number three Clemson Clemson the team that's you know the defending champions returning Trevor Lawrence and ATN and all the guys that they have on offense they don't lose a single game and yet they, you know, are number three in the country and not one or two. Mm-hmm. It's the Fiesta Bowl, five o'clock Saturday, the twenty eighth. Clemson favored by two and a half points with a total at sixty three. Uh, and you know what? I I can't disagree. Like Clemson is the team that I would put my money behind as mm-hmm. well. This opened Clemson minus one, and it's since gone up to two and a half for the Tigers. Ohio yeah. State, uh, right? The total right around sixty three the whole way. Oh yeah, uh, Clemson. Clemson is the way to go in this game. I think we're going to see a Tigers Tigers national championship game. Ooh. These are the defending champs right here. I mean, this is still Trevor Lawrence. I know he didn't win the Heisman, but he's still as talented as ever. And NFL teams are going to be licking their chops to get this guy uh, in the draft in 2021 after he plays one more season. Um, this is going to be a heck of a football game. I think it's going to be obviously it's going to be not obviously, but I think it's going to be a closer game than the other semifinal matchup Ohio State we know the star caliber they have with Chase Young we know that they have um, Justin Fields and company and that offense has been humming but Clemson uh, say all you want about Clemson being in the ACC and whatnot but there is a reason that they're favored in this football game when it comes down to it Vegas puts them as the favorite ahead of Ohio State who everyone has been saying is the number one team in the country for a long time so I think the Tigers get it done in this one. Dabo Sweeney shows once again that we are the team to beat in college football, and they will face Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers in the national title. There it is. I got to agree with you on that. Uh, quick NFL. Ooh, 
yeah, yeah, quick, quick, quick. Now, this has got to be super quick. Now, let's just do three best bets, Zach, and you can rip off one, two, three. What do you have for this weekend? Okay, so this weekend in the NFL, Judah, I was looking at the Houston Texans. That was kind of the first one I was looking at, but I had another play in here that I really was eyeing. Which one is it here? Oh, that's right. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens laying 10. I'm going to go ahead and lay it. The Browns are still just an absolute dumpster fire. I don't like anything I'm seeing with what's going on with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and, you know, talks of Odell Beckham trying to get out of there and Freddie Kitchens and whatnot. The Ravens lost to them in the first matchup, so the Ravens get revenge, lay the 10, they win big. Play the under. Nope. And play the under. Sure, why not? (laughs) What about number two? Number two, uh, we're going to go, let's see here. We're going to go, what do I like? I had these lined up here, Judah. I've got, Uh, who do you have? Yeah, you go first. I'm definitely going Cardinals plus nine and a half on the the Seahawks. Yeah, there you go. I know it's not a Bruce Arians coach team, but Seattle has an annual game that they struggle with an NFC West team at home, an inferior NFC West team. Historically, it's the Cardinals. And often it's the Cardinals in Week 16. I don't even know why it always lines up this year, but yeah. they got them a couple years ago, Week 16, with Drew Stanton on a torn ACL. Uh, Cardinals won outright in that game uh, when the Seahawks missed the playoffs. I think nine and a half is just too much, I think. Uh, Kyler played well last week. I think they go in there and cover. Perfect. Within double digits. Like it. I like it. And this is a very ugly game, and no one's going to watch this game, but the Bengals are going to cover against the Dolphins because it's a pick em, and the Bengals are going to win. And I think John Robinson haven't seen much at all this season because he's been hurt, and he kind of came back last week or last two weeks. But I think he gets a touchdown, and I think the Bengals beat the Dolphins. Nice. I'll go uh, Vikings minus 5.5 over the Packers. That's uh, almost too many points to lay, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think Kirk Cousins actually has a good game Monday night against Green Ooh, Bay with the title on the Rare. Line. I know. Very, very rare. rare. Very rare. Trying to get ahead of the curve. Oh, okay, so you're laying it with the Vikings. Yeah, I know. All I right. Do, it's not great. Then play, I'm going to... I like it. I'm gonna just gonna play a little uh, devil's it, advocate here, and I'm yeah. just gonna I'm gonna go Packers plus five and a half. We'll go head to head on this one, Judah. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, he gets it done in prime time, and this is a huge game for the division. You know, I'm gonna change my pick. I'm gonna go Packers minus or plus five and a half. You want to take the other side of that? No. Nah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think of Dallas Philly, real quick? Um. So Dak Prescott dealing with that shoulder injury all week. He hasn't thrown or practiced at all this week. I think Philly does it. Just end the Dallas misery. Just put them out of their misery. Yeah. Like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Just Eagles. Uh, my last one will be Titans plus two at home to the Saints. Smart. Very sharp. Very sharp. All right, Zach. That was awesome, man. Good job. CF, CF, uh, CFB and NFL in the books. And that's our uh, bet the game special yep. for bowl season. Happy holidays and happy winnings. We'll see you guys next time.